Hello, Nomads, and welcome to episode 46 of the Nomads of Fantasy podcast. My name is Brandon. I am your host, and I'm also here with Eric. There's five miserable months on the wagon, and all the irreparable harm it has caused me. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, and Dave. I don't know about magic. I always called it The Shining. Yes. Yes. That was good. Uh, so these are <laughs> quotes from the movie... The Shining, but not right. They were both The Shining, right? No, wasn't, mine's was yours. Uh, mine's Danny talking to Abra on the park bench. I thought that was uh, when Dick was talking to Danny. Yeah. Okay. Your standard, oh, there you go. Your standard mentor mentee Shining moment, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So every episode we do these quotes where we try to write for these for the movie or whatever the topic is. And before this, we were talking about. You know, you can think of all the quotes from The Shining, but we kind of had a hunt for some for Dr. Sleep. You know, is there more to that? It's just newer movies, so you just don't have... I think, yeah, I mean, The Shining has so many classic quotes yeah, that are you can just think of right off the top of your head. Pretty iconic so, yeah. at this point. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, anyways, we'll, we'll, we'll shelf that for now, and let's do a quick catch-up. Because, and let's do it quick because these are two long ass movies and there's a lot to talk about here. So um, I'll actually, you know, I'll kick us off. You know what I did? I, I've been playing around with that FPS boost on Xbox. Siri, the Series X, yeah. The Series X, yeah, the Series X and the Series S can do this. And I've been playing like 360 games or like earlier Xbox One games. You know, so one of the games that totally blew me away was Assassin's Creed Unity. And that's the one that takes place during the... Is that the France one? French Revolution. Yeah, French Revolution. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That and it was a cool looking game. It that was, is. That was 360 age too, I thought. Or might have been the bridge between 360 and 1. No, that's was, Black Flag. It was very early no. like PS4 or Xbox One. Because I remember playing that game on my PlayStation 4. Like yeah, early, that one had some jank, some janks when it first came out. It did, and I remember picking up right after they patched it, and I, you know, I I thought it was great. I I loved going around and exploring stuff. But anyways, I just wanted to see what you know. This is one of those old games that got the boost. I'm like, what is the boost? So it's 60 frames a second, and it's so dense, and there's so many people, and it's so tight. Um, the draw distance is actually pretty good. So. That one blew me away. So I just wanted to just bring that up. Even go on YouTube and just type up, you know, uh, Assassin's Creed Unity uh, FPS boost uh, That's gameplay. Cool. Yeah. You just I just walked around looking at stuff. I didn't even care about the missions or doing anything. I just looked, and it, it was pretty cool. So, um, But, yeah, that was it. Other nice. than that. Any other um, games with the boost? Um. Mirror's Edge, uh, the sequel to that, The Catalyst, it was 120 frames a second, and I was like, meh, this this world still, it's, I don't know, that, that game bored me. I, I'm trying to finish I it. I didn't think that one was very well received either, so might not yeah. just be you. 
Yeah, I don't know. I dabbled around with a few of them. The one that looked really good was the SpongeBob game that just came down. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, it was invaded my yeah. house too. Oh my god. Yeah, it was Dude, like a game I, for I the gold game. That one too. Thanks, game. Yeah, Pass. is it, Dave? But is it sixty frames a second on yours? I, I'm my kids playing it on like an old, uh, original Xbox One day one release Xbox One that's still kicking. Okay, so, and it's probably just like a thirty probably frames. Probably no. I was just, it was just interesting because why the hell would this get a boost? This game, little kids do not care about this stuff. Maybe they do, but I was impressed. I was watching them like, this kind of looks like a cartoon because <laughs> it's so smooth. <laughs> it's a big difference. Like any game that was 30 frames that is now 60 frames. Eric, you've talked about this before, but it, it almost begs you to try it again because yeah, it's, it's it, a different it experience. It makes it like a new game for sure. Yeah. Check it out. Check out cool. the FPS boost stuff. I don't know, that's what I say. So, all right, uh, Dave, what about you? What have you been up to? Uh, you know, stomping around the ruins of Kalid. You know, <laughs> your standard Elden Ring garbage. Still, I've resorted still cranking to on Elden Ring. I'm not even. I'm not even ashamed, but I'm using internet guides for. You know, I'm not hunting. I don't. Ain't nobody got time for that. I'm not hunting for quest lines and people that don't tell me where to go. Well, they tell you where to go, but if you miss it, you know, it's kind of a pain. So. Right. Uh, so what's your, what's your goal? Are you just trying to get to the end or what? Um, trying to clean up the side quests as I can. Um, I'm not going too crazy. I've tried going to some other places and I just get murdered. So it's finally to the point where that scary red Caleb place is, you know, it's survivable now. Those, Manageable. Those yeah. giant T-Rex dogs, they can go fuck themselves. But that that place is still very hellish. But. I love the I love the lake, the lake of Lurnia, Luinia, I don't know, whatever it is. But that place is awesome. Um finishing that up, but my taste breaker this week to kinda cleanse my palate and wean myself off the Elden Ring teat has been Microsoft's flight simulator because they just I've added been playing a little flight simulator too. They've added it to cloud streaming. I think they had it for series, the series models, but it was they on just series. I think it might have been just series X. Yeah, and they just added point. the other consoles to it too, which is pretty sweet. Uh, it's a nice, mm-hmm. nice, soothing, calming experience. You know, you get they have so many airports in there that you know I'm just like, all right, I'm heading to my airport and I'm gonna find my house. That's exactly what I did. Too. <laughs> so I started fun. at I started so at the fun. Rochester Airport, flew west. I followed like the expressway mm-hmm. all the way to where my house would be, and like it's really cool because like obviously it uses all like the Bing map data or whatever, so it has the approximations of where the buildings actually are, but it doesn't look like the buildings, but you can tell where if they're you get supposed some to be. bigger cities bigger cities are modeled and they're just yeah that's how like stuff. apple like, and google is like you can fucking see where small town like, where i live it's off. it's not gonna model the actual buildings but it has the locations of where they are so like i could tell like oh shit this is my street and that's that's supposed to be my house even though it doesn't look like it and i was trying to like turn and i ended up like crashing in my backyard so that was kind of fun yeah, it's a little flat once you get out <laughs> to like you know the places that aren't really nicely modeled and but I mean, I went and I flew around the pyramids. I went and I flew. Oh, that's totally. Tried to go up Mount do. Everest. I went to mm-hmm. went to Niagara Falls, and I just like, you know, buzzed the tower over at Niagara Falls, which was awesome. Can we assume that in the near future we'll have almost a one to one? You know, uh, at, at this point. point, like the graphics can only oh, be yeah. so 
like well graphics but you know I mean, they look really good it's using map data so everything's yeah it's, just, it's more the modeling just, it out and just scanning the planet and just doing a if you can a one-to-one because it would be really cool to explore google, like google earth like the app but in a first person yeah. flight simulator and like the like that. the cockpits are all like perfectly accurate to the planes that you're flying so you can go in the cockpit view and you can barely see out these windows i don't know how a pilot's really doing this but mm-hmm. you can just fly with just the monitors and you, you know press buttons and do all sorts of crap there but i'm playing with all the assists on so i'm not same flying dangerously like, but just hold a to go and pick yourself up <laughs> yep. and that's about it that's all you need to do i crashed the first couple of times but like when you're doing the they call them discovery runs um you like the pyramids or whatever they just start you off you know ten thousand feet up in the air and they're just like all right go fly around cairo that's, that's pretty cool dude like it's that. awesome it's different so it's a nice that nice common soothing little thing. a taste breaker it is from elden it's ring to flying a plane around so but yeah they got all the the big commercial lines everything so it's a now on Game Pass, so you know you need to relax yourself. Go check it out. That's it for me. How about you, Eric? Um, I don't have a ton. Mostly just Tunic still. I've been going through that a little bit more. I'm pretty obsessed with it. I think I'm. I think I'm at the end. Um, so I didn't realize this, but there's multiple different endings that you can get. Um, I'm trying to get like the quote unquote true ending. I don't really want to spoil anything. It annoys me when games still... do that. I mean, <laughs> alternate endings are cool, but like, no, if you want to get like the real well, story, you could do all this other bullshit. I think it is really cool because basically you have two options. It's only it's only two options. So you can go and fight the final boss. And if you do that before you do this other thing, you don't get the true ending. So I'm trying to do, like I said, I won't spoil what you actually have to do, but um, you basically have to solve this big puzzle, and that's about all I'll say. But the way you have to solve it is really, really cool. Like, hmm. I've, I spent like an hour and a half the other day just going through. It's all in the instruction manual. I'll say that. I won't, like, spoil anything else about it. But, like, you have to go through the instruction manual, basically, like, pour over it and find all these different hints and clues and okay. put together cool. this puzzle. Put together this puzzle and it's it's really it's that's, really that's, cool. That's really cool because we were talking about when we were talking about our basically our, our little review of, of Tunic, we were talking at length about how cool the menu is, like the map and how you get it and how it's like it's, it's not a mechanic, but it's just this cool little thing in the game. So you're telling well, me there is an end game purpose with it? It's a, it's not just like it's not just for aesthetics it's essential to the game to yeah. to getting to the end of the game for sure um so i still i think i'm missing like maybe two pages of the instruction manual i know what i have to do to get one of the last ones but i haven't done it yet so back in the day that i don't know have you guys heard of the star tropics game booklet thing that had that you had to do no it was a it was an old nes game it was kind of like zelda kind of thing but uh you had to actually take like a page out of the menu and dip it in water and like invisible ink would reveal on the page or something like that. It was insane. Like the shit that used to go into these instruction manuals. 
but that's oh, really kind of remi- it's era. cool that that makes a it's little comeback. funny that you say that because is that- there is something like that in tunic get the fuck out of here that's cool um but yeah i think i don't know this is probably one of the coolest like puzzles that i've been trying to figure out um in a game in recent memory it's kind of like you know everyone pouring over the witness a couple years ago or fez or something like that trying to solve all the secrets but there there are so many secrets to this game to discover that are like hidden in plain sight and it's it's really cool trying to go through and and figure them all out um so hopefully i'll finish that up soon i just haven't sat down and had the time to to figure out the rest of the puzzle i know how to solve it but i just haven't sat down and done it yet so that's super cool i got to get that into the schedule be my next taste yep. breaker so uh yeah that's really all i've been playing lately i got a, i got a little bit of lawnmower simulator in there too, <laughs> which was, how long which did you last in that random because you got to start like your own you got to start your own company Listen, in the beginning of that bullshit and it's my son loves it yeah he's like obsessed with it but we get bored pretty quickly. Yeah. Like we get like 25% of the way through a lawn and we're like, all right, let's, <laughs> let's, play, let's play something else. How long can you sit there and just mow a virtual lawn? That's what I'm oh. saying. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of relaxing, but it's also just annoying. So like I should cause... be doing something worthwhile. You feel like you're wasting time <laughs> when you're doing it. Yes. That, and you have to get like 90, whatever 99.5% of the lawn <laughs> completed and I went around with the weed whacker and was trying to find like the tiniest little pieces of grass oh that God. I missed so that was pretty annoying wow. sounds so stupid I didn't even get to that part but huh. uh yeah so that was that was another little thing it was just kind of funny but that's all I had okay nothing right. runs like a deer <laughs> <laughs> all right let's uh let's end this and then let's get into the shining and doctor sleep Yeah. Uh, well, okay. So we're back. Yeah, and I'm I'm pretty pumped. We're gonna be talking about The Shining. Um, Eric, for social, you asked people if they've you know, had thoughts about these movies. Had they seen it? What did they say? Uh, yeah. So I put the question out on the old Twitters there at Nomads of Fantasy. Um, Cheap Seats Reviews says I love Doctor Sleep. Ewan McGregor is so good as Danny and Rebecca Ferguson is mesmerizing. The scene with yeah. the base- scene with the baseball kids still haunts me. I don't I know some don't like it because it's different <laughs> from the book, but it's Ugh. great a great sequel to The Shining. Sure. Um Shoot the Flick says honestly loved both of them. Both are captivating and creepy in their own ways. Um, great. Agreed. Very different. And I have a couple questions from from a few others here that I will save 
and fit into our discussion because I think they're good ones and they will yeah, uh, make sense. be some good talking points later. So I will bring those up later as we get into it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, let's just get it out there. Um, the Shining. That's a huge movie. It's a it's a movie that I, I, I believe wasn't a huge hit when it came out, but it became a kind of a cult hit after that. And then it's just grown, and now people have accepted it that it is actually a, a brilliant movie. It's a great horror movie, and it's an old they like the book and the movie. It's yeah, four, forty-two years old now. Nineteen eighty. Nineteen eighty. Nineteen eighty. Nineteen eighty. Okay, so mm-hmm. this is older than me. Dave's like, this is uh, this is when right I was right born. Right <laughs> birthday. I don't know. What came out. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I. Wouldn't have been around to see it when it came out, but uh, I could see how people could have mixed feelings about it. Because as far as like horror movies back then, are they, are they mainly slashers? You know, eighties got real I mean, heavy, that was just heavy starting. Into the slashers and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, that's a few years into it at that point. This is one of Stephen King's first books. Well, he had success with Carrie. That was like his first, I believe. When it being brought to the big screen but this is definitely early in his career for sure and let's let's give it a quick yeah carrie is 1974 yeah yep yeah i mean stephen king's the man like yeah stephen king and uh stanley kubrick together in a conversation i mean that and and it's some of their best work well the fact that like you know i didn't know this going into it but apparently Stephen King does not like the Stanley Kubrick version of The Shining. I knew that. Yeah, he says, I've heard that he that's says multiple times time. he he does not like the movie. But yeah. I mean initially when he brought Kubrick on like he gave him like complete freedom or Kubrick said that he wanted complete creative freedom and Stephen King gave it to him but then after he saw the movie Stephen King said like no, he doesn't like it. But yeah, over the years like you said I think that's that's changed a little bit because I, I, this the Shining movie has taken a complete life on its own, you that's know, apart from the absolutely book. Absolutely right. Um, both the novel and the book are separate entities. I haven't, I've never read the book. Have either of you read the book before? No, no. Okay, no. I do enjoy Stephen King, but that is one that I have not. Yeah. I did read up a bit on like the differences between the book and the novel, and the, I feel I think the main differences are like the ending, what happens at the end. Um, and the book is much more similar to how Dr. Sleep ends. Jack, uh, is down in the boiler room and the boiler explodes and that's how he dies. Um, the maze, the maze is never in the book. That's the complete Mm -hmm. invention of Kubrick, which is one of the best parts of it. A couple things. Absolutely. So it, that's crazy as an outsider. Cause I don't really care too much about any of that. Honestly, like if I like it, I like it. If I, Mm -hmm. I haven't read the book. If I read the book and I like it, I like it. If I watched the movie and I liked it, then I like it. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, this is one of those. I think I think a lot of people will just like both, and that's okay. I don't think there's like how how can you be on one team versus the other. I think even Stephen King has accepted that this is just a different take and what he's done. But absolutely, the the whole maze stuff, the labyrinth, the 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 hedge maze, whatever that Kubrick made that that whole typewriting typewriter uh all jack what is it um all work, work and no play, play makes jack a dull boy makes mm-hmm. it, yeah jack a dull boy um that was all 
Kubrick, I believe. That's, you know? so that's he pretty added sweet. a lot of stuff. Like the hedge maze is kind of like in the movie. It's you know I think it's kind of metaphorical for Jack and his insanity a little bit because you know you get that feeling. I don't know when you're in. I've never been in a hedge maze. I've been in a corn maze. It's kind of the same. <laughs> you, get, you start to feel a little crazy running around in there though, but. It's, yeah, you feel trapped like you're going around in circles, you know, don't know where you are. I could see that. Sure. There's a tons. But, I mean, there's tons of metaphors in this movie um, that Kubrick kind of and symbolism like this is a very I feel like this we, it's a it's classified as a horror movie, but definitely more obviously psychological horror instead of straight like, you know, horrifying scenes. There is there is a couple of them, especially like with the old lady in the tub. That's probably the one that comes to mind <laughs> the most as like the quote unquote scariest scene. But I was never really it's a lot of tense, yeah. a lot of tense yeah. and like, yeah, anxiety inducing. And I think the music has a lot to do with that because like there's a oh, lot yeah, of like music. that violin, like high strings. And it was getting, yes. it was getting kind of annoying in parts, but I don't know if that's supposed to like. I'm used to it because I've seen this so many times, but yeah, I, I saw a really cool video on YouTube where this guy was talking about how the music in The Shining breaks a lot of the rules that you do, like you just don't do with movies. So the example was the music reacts at the same time as the actor. Mm-hmm. Kind of like what Looney Tunes would do. You know, huh. Like, I'm going to like stretch my head to look at something with a sound like that, right? Well, there's... So you see it when Jack is kind of flipping out and he's going to have his first drink. He's walking down that and he's like waking out in the hallway. He's like, the music is kicking and all that stuff. Hmm. And it's matching what he's doing. There's tons of moments in this movie where the music will like do a huge buildup. And then there'll be like that sting at the end, just that cymbal oh, that, crash or, you know, whatever it is at the end. And that just, when it's kind of scary, to the next you know? Day. Yeah. When cut to the next day. My wife jumped at that. Like, I made a note. Happened, and I it made just a note like, of that. Yeah. <laughs> just the oh, build up and the hard cut. You? Yeah, both of them. Yeah, oh, it was nice. like, yeah, it was like Tuesday. It, the Tuesday yeah. flashed up on the screen and had that cymbal crash. And I was like, what the fuck? It scared the shit out of her. It was funny. But even so, like the opening scene with the music. It's so foreboding and like the tracking the shot, hotel. the tracking yeah. shot, the flyover as they're driving up. Yeah. It just sets Which, the scene so well for the Yeah, movie. I was going to say, it sets the scene of how isolated it is and like how way the fuck out there this hotel is. Which in the, I guess in the helicopter shot when they're coming in and Jack's driving up to the hotel the first time, like it didn't even seem like that big of a hotel, but I don't know. It's, it's, it's a, weird. It, yeah, it has a good, a good silhouette for sure. And I feel like we talk, there's so many iconic shots in this movie. I don't know if this is the first movie to do it, but that, that helicopter shot with the car driving down the long road, I feel like that's almost like a a trope nowadays. Well, so I want to actually say something here. So we talked about, (laughs) oddly enough, we talked about Blade Runner, which was also a cult movie from the past. And like decades later, they make a, a good sequel to it. Um, Ridley Scott and the whole changing the changing the ending, he uh, I, th- I believe it was the director's cut of Blade Runner. I was going to bring this up too. Harrison Ford, and, yeah, and the 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 android um, where they escaped into the you know whatever to the countryside. That footage was leftover footage that Kubrick had from the opening shot of The Shining. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A little out- connective tissue there. Yep. Hmm. Outtakes, yeah, from the uh, that opening panorama shot. 
Um, we're using Ridley Scott's the original cut of Blade Runner. So that got, oh was it the original? That okay. got, yeah that got Couldn't cut remember. out. That got cut out in like the uh, the director's cut. Um, oh, okay, but I knew there was something there. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, okay, I thought cool. that was an interesting some connective tissue there. Uh, it's a beautiful shot. Like Ku- Kubrick is the man with the camera, though. Oh yeah, like the, especially with the shiny, because obviously that's what he did. But like the camera really stands out. You know? Dude, you could see it. Um, I actually watched like there's like a 30 minute documentary. It's up on YouTube. Uh, it's called Making the Shining, and I watched that. It's from like. 1999 or whatever um but the footage is all from when they were filming it and it's really cool like just you can see a lot of the processes that Kubrick goes through when he's trying to set up these shots um so one example was when the scene with where Jack is trapped in the food storage room when Wendy (laughs) locks him in there yeah he's trying to figure out the best shot like on the fly he like starts out he starts out as like a medium shot. He's like, it, he knows it's not working. So you li- you see him literally lay on the ground underneath Jack Nicholson, and he has his lens looking up at him, and he's like, "Oh shit, this this is actually gonna work." So like you can see how you know his mind is working and how he's trying to figure out these shots. I would say it's a shame. I don't know. I probably should look this up, but the cameraman's name. For this movie, whoever did the dolly work, whoever did the, uh, you know, the steady cam, whatever, when they're chasing the characters and stuff like, like Dan, you know, going after Danny and um, or anytime they're panning through a room, it's they'll a, have like, the, the character like far away and they'll have stuff kind of coming in in between you and the character as you just do these pans, these slow, long drawn shots, mm-hmm. too. And it's just. Well done. You know, I, obviously Kubrick gets all the credit because, you know, it's all in his head. I guess he was very meticulous with this movie. Almost to almost to abuse, as they say. I mean, this movie is so big. I mean, here we are, <laughs> 2022, talking about this movie. Who hasn't talked about this movie? But, like, it has its own rumors. You don't even know. And, you know, the director's well, dead. In the uh in the making uh documentary, they talk about the tension that was on the set between Kubrick and uh, especially Shelley Duvall. Um, they kind of butt heads a little really? bit on, you know, I heard that was a big problem. The best way yeah. to take it. And like, she even said, like it helped them perform better though, because it did kind of build up that anger and tension between them. So that fed into their <laughs> acting and obviously with Jack's role, um, he was doing a lot of uh, hyping himself up before scenes <laughs> to get in the right headspace. Like he was, there was one scene in that document. I recommend watching this because it's it's really interesting. But he's like hyping himself up. He's got the axe in his hand and he's like swinging it around and jumping and just trying to get in that that headspace into into Jack's mind. So it always he's a standout in that movie. The beginning of the movie, which yeah, I mean when he's you know up there the first time and he's interviewing for the job and he's like, you know, playing normal guy. Like it is just weird to see him trying to play like a normal person. But then Mm -hmm. like once he, once the cracks start to come in, in his psyche, like you start to see that crazy in his eyes and you're like, Oh, this is exactly why they got Jack for this role. Because like, he's got, he's got some of the better crazy eyes and facial expressions in there. Am I crazy or do you guys remember the the interview room, kind of what it looked like uh, in the Overlook Hotel yeah. when Jack was gotten in there? Yeah. In Doctor Sleep, yes. when 
Mirror. You know what I'm I talking? Yeah, in Doctor Sleep, when Danny was talking to the the AA guy or whatever, yeah, it's it looked yeah, like the buddy. same exact yeah. room. Was, yeah, they the do that a room. lot though. Yeah, yeah. I, I noticed that as well. There's a um, lot of reuse shots and yeah, t- yeah. I thought that was cool. I mean, this is this is a Kubrick film that you're doing a sequel to, and Flanagan, the guy that did it, this is the guy who has been doing House on the Haunted Hill and all those other hits on Netflix, mm-hmm. you know, Manor of Bly Hill or whatever, all those shows. But he's um, he's doing pretty good for I would say a newcomer. I don't know if he's considered a newcomer, but much much younger. And uh, I re- I think he did a good job respectfully to what they did the, it was different like it, it wasn't the same look and feel where when we watched blade runner you know where they made the sequel sound and feel and look like the original so it, this movie yeah it's just you got to kind of accept it's a different direction it's not that much different but it's one's in a hotel i was gonna say it's very claustrophobic and it's kubrick being kubrick and then this one is flanagan just Doing it with a, a more modern take. Again, there are some beautiful shots, though. But yeah, yeah, it's definitely it's different. The Shining is like we talked about before with like the thing. The hotel is very much a character, and like you're, you get to know this place. You're in this place the entire movie. Doctor Sleep, you're kind of all over the place in a bunch of different settings and everything. So yeah, it's definitely different. A shift. It almost doesn't feel like a sequel if you didn't know it. it. I feel like you you could watch Dr. Sleep on its own and, but you may, might not get as much out of it as if you watch the shining. But I think that movie does stand on its own without the sequel dragging it down. Obviously the last act of Dr. Sleep when they go back to the overlook is kind of, you know, a big that's thing. the payoff. Yeah. That's the payoff at the end. But I think it does stand on its own. Sure. As I, a good they, movie. They try, he tried to reuse a lot of, like the audio stuff and just like, I don't know. I didn't feel the tension in Dr. Sleep that I felt in the shining. Like no. Dr. Sleep is more of like a, I don't know. It's like a paranormal, like suspense kind of thing. And the shining's a lot more like horror creepiness. Like it's got, it's got more creepiness. Totally I guess, agree. To it was a more, more of a sense of dread in the shining. Yes. But yes. That's very good. Dr. Sleep. Dr. Sleep felt more of like an adventure. You know, mm-hmm. I th- so I remember kind of hyping this movie up to you guys a yeah. while ago. I'm like, I, especially you, Dave. I just because I just know that you like X Men and superheroes. Well, and by the yeah, end of this I movie, I, but I'm just saying that like by the end of this movie, these people have superpowers. Basically, that's what it is. They have they're like force sensitive. They're, they're not hiding their shine anymore. Well, right. Well, they're gonna start. You know, where people just there's just nobody telling them that they have the force in them or something like that. But mm-hmm. but they all have different abilities. You know, like that one girl, the one that went down the dark path, she the pusher. She was able to was it? She was a pusher. That's what she mm-hmm. classified. Yeah. She classified her power as because okay. she can push thoughts into people's yeah. heads, right. basically. Just like a Jedi mind trick, basically. That's what it is, mm-hmm. you know? The other kid could kind of see things a little bit different, like Anakin. Like he could just like no human should be able to do a pod race, but he can because he can just see it a little bit before it happens, so he can just be a little bit ahead or it slows down. That must be how that kid is always able to crank the home runs because he can read the picture before he does it. But he doesn't know he has the shine. Mm-hmm. He just thinks he's just good he at it. He's just got. But that's what it is. He has the the, the shine. 
Well, know? yeah, that was the thing. Yeah, the whole thing was like some shine brighter than others. Yeah, exactly. They they definitely explain the world a lot more they in Doctor Sleep, which I which I appreciated. They kind of tried to flesh out the world a little more and give you a little bit more insight on what the shine actually is and what you can do with it. Um, but yeah, I feel like in The Shining, everything was a lot more ambiguous, uh, which I feel like was intentional. Yeah. Um, draw your own conclusions of well, you think the what's, kid's what's crazy, really happening. Or he just has imaginary friends in the beginning of The Shining. Like, you don't. Tony. The, the Shine ends up, <clears throat> I don't know, it's in a lot of King's books where, like, you know, people in The Dark Tower have it and people in, um, what's that other book? Right? Dreamcatcher. That wasn't a great movie, but it was a cool book. But, like, I don't know. The, the Shine is like the Stephen King superpower throughout his books. But I guess before Dr. Sleep. It's not as well known, but I don't know. I think it's it's kind of cool where I guess everybody has their own little twist on it. I wouldn't quite call it X-Men at the end, but. <laughs> All right, maybe not X-Men. I'm just saying that how like, people have these abilities and they're going to be normal people and then people with the shine, you know, I Professor think that's kind of cool. More Professor X. Yeah. And then you, yeah, so you, you could go down that whole X-Men like sure. path with just like the choosing sides and i mean i mean you had the mirror of like the mentorship with dick and danny in the shining and then danny becomes the mentor to abra Mm -hmm. in dr sleep um which i thought was pretty cool kind of get that mirror there um and just figuring out how the shine works and what they can what they can do with it um and that really helped that really helped flesh out the world a little bit more such good carpet in the overlook hotel let's just call that out it's good pattern. <laughs> carpeting carpeting is fantastic even in room every two, 237 room was beautiful yes. i was like even before we we're talking about the shots like just i don't know i think the the shining had much more iconic cinematography to it whether like the one you were talking about the long panning shots when they first get to the overlook they're walking towards the camera um with the chef guy i forget his name but they're yeah yeah. they're walking through the kitchen and it's literally like a you know 30 second tour as they're walking through and people are putting stuff away and packing and like some of those shots are just you know it's pretty amazing what they got done in there but one thing i noticed in the shining there's tons of behind the back shots um, of people over the like shoulder. Or, yeah. Or, or like, you know, just following someone as they're walking or, you know, mm-hmm. Danny riding his tricycle or whatever. Um, I feel like it gives you the sense of someone's watching them, you know, because you're not seeing their face. You're following them and you're waiting to turn a corner because exactly. you see the twins. Like, you get that long shot down the hallway, and, like, you just turn a corner, and, like, oh, shit. Well, they do that three separate times, like, and, like, I haven't seen this movie in a couple of years. I'm like, is this the the scene where we f- see the twins? Is this the one? Because <laughs> there's a couple different shots of yeah, Danny riding his like tricycle that. around the hotel. I was like that and He well. sees them early in The Shining. Like, their people it's aren't even It's actually more out of out order of than I, I, yeah, where, mm-hmm. like, he gets these sights, like, out of nowhere. Basically right yeah. away. Yeah, basically right away. Yeah. But I'm assuming that because uh not everybody's out of the hotel yet, like does he think does he know that they're ghosts? Does he think that they're just creepy kids in the hallway? I don't know. At a point, you know, you don't really you don't really know as the viewer 
I guess, going into the Shining Blind that those, because you know, it's not like they got blood dripping off their face or some shit. They're just creepy twins in matching dresses. And then they just turn around the corner and walk away. Like, they could be normal kids. Just creepy, but. Yeah, until, I mean, I don't. Right. Danny definitely didn't understand the shine initially. No. Um, he just it manifested for him as his imaginary friend, Tony, that was just telling him things and showing him things. Yeah, I think he just thinks he's having nightmares and he just doesn't know what's real or not. Who knows what Tony's saying? Mm-hmm. Um, which I learned in the book, Tony is future Danny talking to him. Oh. But with Ooh, the movies, that's different. That's crazy. Tony was, it was just like, apparently he was talking to Dick or somebody. I don't know. Maybe it wasn't Dick, but it was The Shine. He was talking to somebody. How'd you feel about the, the kids acting in the in The Shining? So acting in general in The Shining, I think, is pretty rough. I think Jack is the only one that actually is a good actor. Really? I, I thought, thought the kid was Shelley good. Duvall, I, I, hold on. So I'm getting to that. <laughs> uh, I thought Shelley Duvall's acting was really bad. I thought it was I don't really know. stiff. She's yeah, her editing brutal. was bad. Uh, but it was just it felt think, so. I mean, it she, felt like her first pass at the line, and then she didn't do another take. Yeah, I mean, her character is like timid and unsure of herself, anyway. So I it sort of fit. She kind it kind of <laughs> works. No, I'm yeah. with I'm with you. I found myself getting annoyed at her too, though. Like when she came and brought Jack lunch. It was probably intentional that she was supposed to be like an annoying character. She's like, so what's going on? What are you doing? What are you doing? And he's just trying to type and he's like, that's when he starts to snap and, you know, start dropping F-bombs at her and telling her, when you hear this, stay the fuck out of here. Forecast said it's gonna snow tonight. What do you want me to do about it? Oh, come on, hon. Don't be so grouchy. I'm not being grouchy. I just want to finish my work. Okay, I understand. I'll come back later on with a couple of sandwiches for you, and maybe you'll let me read something then. Wendy, let me explain something to you. Whenever you come in here and interrupt me, you're breaking my concentration. You're distracting me, and it will then take me time to get back to where I was. Understand? Yeah. We're going to make a new rule. Whenever I'm in here, you hear me typing. Whether you don't hear me typing, whether the fuck you hear me doing in here, when I'm in here, that means that I am working. That means don't come in. Now, do you think you can handle that? Yeah. Fine. Why don't you start right now and get the fuck out of here? Jack Nicholson wrote that scene. Did he? He added that scene. He wanted to do that. 
which is interesting because awesome. yeah, you can even see game. his annoyances like even driving up to the hotel with like the kid in the back seat with no seat belt that's just like hanging out in the front, like leaning between the yep. seats like oh the 80s well it's all time. it's all smoking yeah. with your kid i feel like they were kind of telegraphing that because yeah i mean they say like he was a recovering alcoholic he five months sober so you can he tell his kid a few years earlier than that. right you can tell that there's like stuff bubbling beneath the surface right from the beginning you he's know? a frustrated mm-hmm. writer who thinks he's going through writer's block right so yeah this and he's deciding for his family like he's just saying do you think your family will like it they'll love it <laughs> like i won't even ask them right but he's so I'm I I'm already on her side throughout this whole movie. Like I don't think he's ever a good guy in this movie. I don't think Probably we're supposed not. to like. He's the dad, but his history is him being a jerk. Yeah, he's nothing but a jerk the whole you time. You just get like abusive vibes from him. You yeah, know? and like like you said, the well the timid wife, and you know the the son who is kind of weird he's traumatized he has some and he's dealing with the shines yeah so you can tell that jack's got some got some stuff got some baggage but he is also just a failed like uh worker like it seems like he struggles with employment he was talking about that later on in the movie where like it's like if i don't write this book what do you want me to go back and work at like the car wash snow shoveling you want me to shovel driveways Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) you know for money and all that stuff (laughs) So it's just like, come on, guy, though. Like, you have to take some responsibility, but yeah. clearly he doesn't <laughs> ever redeem himself. That's his whole – it's like a, like Anakin Skywalker. He, like, he just never does, but his son does what he couldn't kind of thing. But, like, his portrayal yeah. of, like, his annoyingness and, like, some of the looks that he gives, the one the one time – the, For the, the record, by the way, I thought Danny was actually a good actor. Though. Yeah, I thought he was I thought, I was thought really he good. was actually pretty Especially good. Especially when he puts on the crazy for, voice. Oh, whatever, like a seven-year-old, however old he is, like very. It's good. hard to pull off that kind of. Danny's acting. not like, here, Mrs. Treo. Red rum, red <laughs> rum. <laughs> when he said that, oh my god, it was so good. The one scene though, where you can tell that Jack's like, like they're they're still there. It's like the first couple weeks. It was like the first month in, and he's already sleeping in till like eleven. <laughs> like, oh my god, she's bringing him like a king's breakfast in bed. I know, and then yeah. he just rolls out of bed. He's eating bacon, and she's just like, "Yeah, you just gotta write every day." And he gives her a look like, "What the fuck do you know about right?" Like you can t- see it in his mind that he's just like, "He's just, yeah, he he's a jerk. He's dude. simmering." Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, come on, give. She's got no one else to talk to except the fucking kid yeah, and her yeah. husband. Oh, yeah. She's a positive person. Like she's not being a bitch. I I give her credit, man. She sh- she should have slapped him a couple times. The way he, <laughs> no, he, like, she was try- like, Yeah, she was just trying to make the he, best of the situation. She clearly didn't want to be there. You know, she didn't want to. go. No, she's the, the kind of passive. Uh, no, this would be good for it. Yeah, sure. All right. Yeah. Yeah. She just. It, then we'll do that's it. what I'm saying. She's just when they first got there, very pat- submissive. She was very. She was very impressed with like the hotel. She's like, "This is the most nicest place I've ever been to." Blah blah blah. So right. like, you think that she'd be fine with it, or she? Uh, yeah, she's just I think she was just. Know, one or the I other. think she was just trying to make the best of it. You know. Yeah. As yeah. best she could. I think that would be a pretty cool job. As long as the hotel's not haunted and gonna make me murder people, that'd be. No, yeah. That'd be a, yeah, that'd be a deal. Oh breaker. yeah, that'd that would nice. yeah, that would be a deal breaker. Yeah. <laughs> but otherwise, this seems like a pretty sweet job, right? So we did a lot. Of, we did a lot of Shining. I don't know, and we kind of talked. Yeah, a little that, bit. I mean, who Do doesn't we... know about that movie? It's it's almost like if people probably clicked on this episode, 
probably because they already know about the shiny. They want to hear more about Doctor well, Doctor Sleep. Is doctor, it worth doctor, it? Doctor. What did you think about it? Well, what does everybody so, think about it? Let me hold on. Okay. Let me oh, okay. let me bring yeah, up right. our uh, our buddy Chris Logan here. He he made up he brought up a good point in our Twitter uh, post here. Uh, if we're getting into Doctor Sleep. He says, legacy sequels are a big trend right now and seem to be pretty well received. Do you think it's lazy to resurrect an old franchise with a sequel decades later? Um, and the second part is, what dormant franchise would you like to see revived in this way? Um, but I suppose we can talk about the legacy sequel part first. The fact that Dr. Sleep was released, what, almost 40 years? Almost 40 years after The Shining originally released. Yeah, the book... Yeah. So the Shining book came out in 77. Dr. Sleep book came out in 2013. Yeah. That's the Shining movie came out in 1980. The Dr. Sleep movie came out in 2019. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Stephen King kind of made his own legacy sequel. It's not like they just like... Right. There wasn't... They, you, got the, you got the book that you can pull pull the story out of, which I think makes it easier for this to be a better sequel. Um, yeah, I, having the source material there for sure, I think helps it. Uh, I don't know how close it is to the source material. Obviously, there, yeah, the Doctor so, Sleep I don't know. book. Everybody's got complaints, but but I think from the sounds of it, Doctor Sleep kind of played both roles of um, satiating the ending to the movie The Shining and The Shining book. So it it kind of played a good middle ground between both of them. Um, and I, I think that it was very successful in doing that from just what I've seen for the movie. Well, the um, shining, the shining is kind of a, I mean, to, I, to summarize, like they go to the hotel, shit goes down, Jack goes crazy, tries to murder everybody and mom and Danny get away. And that's, that story is kind of like the downfall of Jack. And then Dr. Sleep is kind of like the redemption of Danny and kind of yeah, it's like the, ties yeah. everything, puts a nice bow on it, I guess, because yeah, I mean, the shining didn't end on a happy note. <laughs> that's probably, no. I guess they didn't die. I guess that's the happiest note you can pull Dr. out of Sleep, the shining. Dr. Sleep makes it very apparent that Danny was pretty fucked up from this whole situation yeah. that happened. Yeah, for sure. So I guess legacy sequel, like back to the question, legacy sequels. Um, I, I think it depends on, like this. I think was a not, was a good one. There are, I mean, plenty I mean, recently, of examples of bad ones. Yeah, so bad I mean, ones. The Matrix Resurrections is the one, <laughs> the bad like, one that comes to mind recently. Where they're pulling out Ghostbusters again, and then they tried to resurrect Die Hard, and then. Jurassic Park and Indiana Jones and I don't know those all kind of I mean you came star, out like, even Star Wars you I was gonna say yeah. you, you could say yeah you could say Star Wars The Force Awakens was kind of the resurrection of um well the main the yeah the main series uh a good one another good one I know Dave hasn't seen it but Creed is a, a is an example of how you do a good yeah. Legacy sequel. I haven't seen Creed. I want to see that as well. So good. I see all those Rocky movies. It, and... do, it does the series justice while also uh, making something so, new. When I was little, I was growing up in the 80s, in the 90s, in the movies that I want to see that I never really got a reboot, reboot of was um, Labyrinth. Oh, and yeah. yeah, Labyrinth and Gremlins. 
But I Gremlins want is like rife. The, rife for the uh, maybe not Pixar, but like I want Disney or some really talented charm. I don't want DreamWorks minion annoying stuff. I don't want. <laughs> I want it to be tastefully done because I think. Do you need the puppets? I maybe. I, it's got to be dark. It's just the right spots, you know. Wasn't there? Just, it, uh, I'm not thinking dark. Cute crystal, at sorry. the same time. Yeah. I don't you know. know the one. I mean, we're talking about Stephen King. The one that it's not a legacy reboot, but because it came out so recently. But the Dark Tower, like I want like a true to the books. I mean, there's like seven books, but the Stephen King books. Uh, he calls it his magnum opus, his greatest work. Because I think. He, yep. Well, didn't happen. No, <laughs> the, the first this last one that they tried to put out came out like a wet fart. But yeah. It's not easy. I mean, we no. see it all the time. You get lucky. The Karate Kid got lucky, you know, having the TV show. They flipped it. They told a unique yeah. story there. They twisted that it. That was cool. But that was yeah, like an cool. internet meme that they kind of like made a show out of. Like, right. when you go back and watch Karate sure. Kid, you're like, oh, Danny was just a dick. Right. Of or course. But Larusa. It, it worked. But, but then, like, I don't have, I don't know. I'm not really into the new Jurassic Park movies. I've watched the new ones. I'm just. Yeah. It's just I don't know. I just don't feel yeah. anything for those movies. Um, I think it's the so it it's the reason for making them though, because <clears throat> studios are going to bring back these franchises because old dudes like us have nostalgia for the franchises and yeah, you know, I mean, are it's the, the I- ones that are buying the tickets. Yeah, so I guess it's the reasoning behind why you're making the sequel. Are you trying to close out the story, or are you just trying to refresh it so you can make another couple million billion dollars? Right. So I don't know. Well, I'm glad they made this one because yeah. it's good. It's it's different, but it's good. You know, I I enjoy it. Like, there's some really cool shots uh, in this movie as well on its own, and I I like that we're half of the time we're well. Actually, there's like three stories. Really, you have Danny's story, then you have these <laughs> shine vampire. They're the cult. They're called the knot. The cult. The knot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the knot. Um, and then you have uh, Abra, mm-hmm. her whole story. So those like three storylines, and then they all come together. Yeah, I wasn't exactly sure like where I. None of us have seen this one before. This have we? I've I seen it. Oh, no. This is okay. my second time. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure exactly where it was going when it started. I knew that it followed Danny. I wasn't sure the whole situation, you know, with the cult and Abra. But I, I really like how everything sort of came together. Um, I definitely like the creepy cult stealing the kids shines. Um, even though I feel the kid, the baseball kid scene was probably one of the toughest scenes in a movie that I've watched recently. Yeah. That was nasty. Like, I don't know, man. I was almost kid like put it on. in tears, like watching that. It was very hard to watch. Watch the little me. kid beg for his life as he's getting his soul sucked out by fucking yeah. vampires is not the lightest subject. Like, but they were stabbing him. him. Yeah. Well, because the like, fear the, they, the, is Yeah, what the more get. pain and fear you have, the more the the better it tastes and makes it more. So I was thinking about potent. this. Yeah. Like why kids, right? Like why they keep targeting kids, but then I I, I kinda learned well, they kinda say it that there's less people that have the shine or they're untapped because a lot of people are like drunk or putting on pills they, they think there's something wrong with them so they're blocking it or they're subduing it some way but kids are pure 
mm-hmm. and they're not holding back really. It's like the little girl uh, Abra when she put all the forks and spoons on the ceiling, she was just totally untapped. Same thing with Danny when he went to the shiny. The the hotel is straight up evil. And again, even though there's people with the shine and those and there's also people with the cult ability out there, there's also like haunted places out there. Apparently like in a Indian reservation graveyard kind of thing is also a thing they of this feed world. on the shine. Basically yeah, anything just... like a dick says it, the darkest things are the hungriest and they'll swarm anything that shines. Oh, that's a good quote. Mm. Um so yeah, basically any it's it's the dark and the light balanced the dark things will seek out the the things that shine the brightest um which i thought kind of put it in a good perspective always just pictures to me but i didn't shine like you nobody shines like you so you in that damn hotel you was like a million watt battery all plugged in and it ate it up you made it real started as soon as you walked through the door. Can't do nothing about that, I'm sorry to tell you, but you're not a child. You're older now. Much older in a way. You gotta hear this. World's a hungry place. And the darkest things are the hungriest, and they'll eat what shines. Swarm it like mosquitoes or leeches. Can't do nothing about that. What you can do is turn what they come for against them. Uh, but yeah, even Rose says, says it yeah, to Danny, say like, how, how did we miss you? You know, but Rose as, the hat. Yeah. As, yeah, which was fantastic. Apparently, as you get older, your shine kind of uh, gets diluted a little bit more. Yeah. Um, with life and everything that comes with, you know, being an adult. And obviously, Danny's had a rough life, so. I'm sure his he was trying to suppress his shine for most of his life by hitting the bottle, you know, recovering alcoholic. So it's kind of how his way of dealing with it. And it's cyclical with the Jack's alcoholism and everything. And he brings that up Which in his AA meeting. It was a weird thing. I I read it somewhere and I don't I don't know if it's just a theory or if it's not, because when, you know, they go back to the overlook and doctor sleep they're kind of using it as a trap to catch rose because they know she's going to try and murder them both but he goes to the bar and ends up talking to his dad which you know they have Mm -hmm. a little back and forth but is i've seen people say that lloyd the bartender in the shining is jack's dad and that's just kind of like how the ghost is there's something with you or you know stuff like that which I mean, that sounds cool. cool. I yeah. I don't know that. But you know what I did notice is that, again, man, I'm talking about Blade Runner here again, but uh, the dude who was making all the... Replicants. replicants. Thank you, replicants. Yeah, the guy, the guy who made them all, the main guy who uh, they kill at the end, mm-hmm. crushes his head. Yeah. That actor is the same actor as the guy who played Lloyd, the bartender. Really? It, oh, yeah, he's got like a cool. weird... Like you can tell he's got like a weird sinisterness to him. Like with yeah, I didn't fact check this, but I was like, I'm pretty, I'm hundred <laughs> percent confident it's the same guy. The internet'll let you know. Okay, I wanted to bring this up because I wanted to see. I mean, there's tons of theories around this, but the ending of The Shining, when we see Jack's picture and he's like in the old picture yeah. from 1921, mm-hmm. what yeah. what is the implication there? 
It's just a soul's trap there. It eats souls. That's all it's doing. It's just a, it's a vengeful, evil place. So there's that. And that would, yeah. Or is it, his, is it his dad? I've seen that theory. I've seen that theory. I've seen, well, I've heard that. Or, yeah, he's like a reincarnation. Like, Jack is like the reincarnation of, like, each of the caretakers, you know? No. I don't know. No, no, there's no. Plenty of, think... There's plenty of theories out there of, like, why, you know. I like the, I like the soul-eating the hotel. I like that. I like that one. That sounds way cooler. Well, they, they even are aware that a family has... You know, they told him like, "Hey, Jack, before you take the job, I just feel like you need to know." <laughs> That's a weird interview thing the... to say, too. What the fuck? <laughs> I know. I probably should have done this over the phone. I was thinking about that. Like, you should have, you should have told him this before he drove five hours out there, but or whatever it was, probably longer than five hours. Basically, but... you're in a job interview, and he's being like, "Oh yeah, this job you're gonna take." Somebody went crazy and murdered their family with an axe. Right. <laughs> like, guess what? <laughs> a freaking triple homicide and suicide happened here. Oh, yeah, I just thought you should know. Well, before I turn you over to Bill, there's one other thing I think uh, we should talk about. I, I don't want to sound melodramatic, but it's something that's been known to give a few people second thoughts about the job. I'm intrigued. I don't suppose they uh, told you anything in Denver about the tragedy we had up here during the winter of 1970? I don't believe they did. Well... Uh, my predecessor in this job hired a man named Charles Grady as the winter caretaker. And he came up here with his wife and two little girls, I think about eight and ten. And he had a good employment record, good references. And from what I've been told, I mean, he seemed like a completely normal individual. But at some point during the winter, he must have suffered some kind of a complete mental breakdown. He ran amok and... Uh, Killed his family with an axe. Stacked them neatly in one of the rooms of the West Wing, and uh, then he, uh, he put uh, both barrels of a shotgun in his mouth. Police, uh, they thought that it was what the old-timers used to call cabin fever, kind of claustrophobic reaction which can occur when people are shut in together over long periods of time. Well, that is uh, quite a story. <laughs> yeah, it is. Oh, it's still hard for me to believe it actually happened here. But it did. And uh, I think you can appreciate why I wanted to tell you about it. Uh, I certainly can, and uh, I also understand why your people in Denver left it for you to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, I mean, some people can be put off by the idea of staying alone in a place where something like that actually happened. Well, you can rest assured, Mr. Ullman, that's not going to happen with me. And uh, as far as my wife is concerned, uh, I'm sure she'll be absolutely fascinated when I tell her about it. She's a uh, confirmed ghost story and horror film addict. <laughs> <laughs> But that was only, that was in everybody's lifetime. That was like, I don't know, like the previous year, the few years before or whatever, but it they knew about it. So that guy is one of the ghosts that we see later on, and he's acting like he's from 1921 or whatever. So that my theory Brady. there is that, well, yeah, when you die, you just well, get put in 1921. And I don't know this. why. Is that the year it was built? But or? 
listen to this. When he was talking to Grady, he kept saying to him, like, it's good to be back. Like, he's been there before. Jack said, it's good to be back. So that implies to me that, and he said during his interview or whatever, I think it was during his interview, he said, like, or it feels like I've been here before, you know, as soon as I walked in, it feels like I've been here before. I, yeah, you know, right. I know all the, the hallways and everything. So how the fuck does he know Lloyd's name? Yeah, he just talks right? to the bartender like he, he knew him. And yeah, so that that, again, makes me think that there's something else, something you know, I mean, like if, if this soul if you is if you take the it, soul in Jack has been like reincarnated multiple times and he always ends up at the overlook. I, yeah, I, I like that. Or if you go the King verse uh, theory where uh, everything's connected mm-hmm. and the monster that is in it is like Pennywise. old as well, the thing that created Penny, like the thing that is in manifest into Pennywise, but the thing that is like the thing itself, the creature itself is old as shit. Right. And it's influencing all the stories of the King movies. And that's where all the evilness comes from. It's because from this pure evil being that came from outer space that crashed on earth, it's like really old. Hmm. That's, that's the theory is that what if this is one of those things that's part of that thing? Like, it's just a, like a little part of that creature from it, you know, and that's, what's making this ha- haunted hotel there is all there's a lot of tie-ins all over the place too because it's the fun of it though like Mm -hmm. at one point i think in dr sleep um danny says like you know people like us take a stand or something like that and i'm like well that's a weird thing like referencing the stand boobies i don't know i noticed that like the kid's baseball glove had 19 on it and 19 is a a big number in the dark tower series where that happens over and over and stuff so i don't know like the books and they have all sorts of same universe crossover kind of weird things going on, which is, I mean, it's super cool. Mm-hmm. It's fun to it's fun to, to fantasize about that stuff and see if that's they kind of do that with Tarantino. Like, are they all connected? You know, because yeah. there's like this thing and like, is it just artistic connection, or is it literal? Is it you know, is it in the story? Who knows? But mm-hmm. it's still fun to play around with. Um, how did you guys feel about Rose the Hat? I thought she was a great character, you know, yeah. the, the leader of this this cult who was kidnapping children and sucking out their steam, their shine. We just um, talked about villains last, you know, last episode. Dude, I was so going to say, I, Rose the Hat, honorable mention here for best, one of the best villains. Like, she, Well, we didn't have many female villains last episode, I know, so we just talked about right. a bunch of dudes. I picked Gladys, but she was a robot, and, you know, now I'm looking at her, and I'm like, damn, Rose, you're... The very beginning of the she yes, that's a good word for it because you see her mm-hmm. in the beginning of Doctor Sleep like in trance, like not in trance, but she's very charming when she oh, yeah. gets the kid to come near her, and then they all end up swarming the kid and sucking her soul out or whatever. But like just the like she's I don't know I don't know if it's, it's just the hat Dave it is it's the hat. <laughs> There's a four non four non blondes <laughs> reference to be made here. How did she go the whole movie and not say what's going on? <laughs> but yeah, oh, I thought it was funny. Oh, chicks and hats are cute too, so that's tough to say. Yeah. Oh yeah, she's easy on the eyes. Like she, she's just like all around, just like a great pick. Um, mm-hmm. I thought she was a cool character. I, I, I gotta say, in general, like what do you do with The Shining? And if you don't do the same thing, but like whatever, but you actually do something different. 
everybody's acting was actually really good in this movie. Like nobody took me out of it. Even the kid acting, like I gotta say, like she was oh, really yeah. Ever Ever was good. Yeah, yeah. she, she was kind swagger. of a badass. Yeah, yeah. Ewan McGregor is always good. Obviously, yeah, he was really good. In he, I like his little. Uh, it, the way he did his voice in this movie, it sounded like he was trying to do the the voice of Jack Nicholson a little bit. I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm looking for things. I mean, when I was watching these movies, I was looking for things. I'm like, what are they trying to do here? Halfway into the movie of Dr. Sleep, at the halfway point, that's when uh, Rose the Hat does her whole flying thing. And the world, she kind of starts scanning the world. And she's looking for Abra. That was really cool, but that was at the halfway point. You know, I try to look. Dude, I loved all things. of those like mental scenes where they're kind of like battling in each other's minds. Yeah, it's cool. And the whole uh, how Abra set like a trap for Rose in well, her that was mind. That awesome. Yeah. Oh, dude, her hand slammed her hand in the drawer. Oh, pull! Oh my god, the horror, body horror there. Yeah, that was so good. Keep sleeping, princess. Spend your whole lives making little boxes, little memories. Oh, you think they make you so rich. You should see mine, kiddo. Oh, my mind's a cathedral. Well, hi there. He said you'd come back. And you did. Good. Just the the standoff between Rose and Abra throughout the whole movie, I thought was really good. It's good rivalry, and um, I feel like Danny is just kind of like a, almost a middleman there because Abra is kind of cocky. She wants to go after Rose on her own, but Danny kind of tries to talk some sense into her and make an actual plan out of it. 
Um, so Danny does take the role as like the mentor to Abra here and like, you know, showing her how to use her shine a little bit more effectively and not just, you know, throwing it out there for everyone to, to come find her. Um, but yeah, I thought the relationship between Danny and Abra was cool. Um, they kind of go on this road trip together to kill all these cult <laughs> dudes. That cult, uh, when they, they trap the cult people because they're using Abra as also bait. so good, yeah. And uh, she kind of astral projects from her house, which is dumb. You shouldn't have stayed at your house. Like, if you're hiding from vampires, don't, yeah, don't she should have gone sit in your kitchen. Anywhere. Yeah, yeah, anywhere, but. I don't know. As a, as like an, it's not an homage, but as a follow up to it, like they they used a lot of the same shots, which was cool. They used a lot of flashbacks, like which they, was cool. I did like that they recreated some of the scenes yeah. from The Shining. I thought they did a good job of it too, and good casting for like Danny and Wendy. Oh my god, the the mom that played Wendy, so good, so good, and the mm-hmm. scene. Where she's like cowering in the bathroom when Jack's knocking so the door. So I, I thought, that, her I thought that was like the scene from The Shining, and I'm like, oh shit, no, this is the recreation. Yeah, dude, really. I got to give him credit on that as well. I was man, nice attention to detail there. I don't, I don't know if like the recreations, like, I don't know if it was the the audio cues or stuff like that. The fact that it's not, the fact that Doctor Sleep is more of a suspenseful movie and not. Horror-y. I don't think like the reusing of some of the audio played as well, like because it's got that that build up and stuff like that. There wasn't that tension of the hotel, like we said before. But totally agree. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because you see what the bad guys are doing in this one. Like you don't know right. what that hotel's up to the first. Oh, it's true. You don't know what Jack's up to, and you don't know if he is the one that you know tried to strangle Danny or if it was the woman in the room kind of thing. Yeah, but I think it was the woman one, in the room. See- it was, yeah. Now we know. Now we know that she's a bigger <laughs> character to the point where, like, she's even alive still somehow. Uh, the, now she's haunting the creepy old Abra naked and, lady. Yeah, she's about to. Get yeah, it. and then Abra's like, and that's how it ends. Well, she's not. She's never been alive. <laughs> she's always been a dead ghost. But like, why her? Why is she chasing after? She anybody? must be. She, just she must shine. just be one of those. Yeah, like she must be have some sort of power to uh, follow him around because. She was following Danny around until he learned his little box trick, trapping the the ghosts in his minds, which I thought was interesting. An There's interesting concept. A lot concept. of boxes. Yeah, those were all. Yeah, all the ones says because they say after the hotel was condemned, all the ghosts, like the whatever was keeping the ghosts at the hotel, whatever force was keeping them there, kind of dissipated, and then the ghosts just kind of traveled outside the hotel and well i'm assuming out other shiners because because people weren't coming to the hotel like they they needed to branch out okay yeah they kept saying they were like starving because they needed they need something to feed off of and they were seeking out that shine and danny was kind of the the brightest light at that time so they kept seeking him out and he learned how to basically trap them in his mind um i like that i like that cool i like that concept there was something that I noticed in The Shining that I noti- also noticed in Doctor Sleep. Maybe I'm just reading too far into it, but I was trying to figure out the color red and the color blue, and sometimes green. So I noticed that <laughs> in the beginning of both movies, the main 
character Jack and Danny, uh, respectively, they both were wearing or introduced into the green. I think Jack has a green tie during his interview. You know, there's like a red book in the room. There's like the red is starting to seep in through the story. Um, you know, like the lobby is kind of pink and all that stuff. Uh, oh, later on, you see like red couches and everyone's wearing Sweet red ass carpet. Yeah, but green. If you look at your, if you look at the three primary colors, red, green, and blue, the opposite of red would be the green, I would say, and it's I don't know maybe or or whatever a yellow. But hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> the three primary colors are red, color blue, wheel. and yellow. Look at your color wheel, you designer, yeah. you. The and the opposite of red would be green. So I just thought that was interesting that like our our primary characters are you know our protagonists are wearing green initially in the beginning, then they shift into a blue, then a red. So when Jack hmm. starts going crazy and he uh, gets a drink, that's where the red starts to take over in the movie. Now we see it, you know, splashes of it with like like the the blood coming through the elevator, and it's on I don't know like uh, the the teddy bear or the whatever that's next to Danny in the beginning, he's got like a red mouth and the, the red is subtle, but it gets really heavy later on. Same thing happened in the second movie. By the end, you'll even look at what they're wearing and it's almost mirrored. And I think they tried to mirror a lot of things in the oh, second yeah. movie, but well, Danny's noticed... outfit is the same color colors, but it's just a, a different version. It's like a Danny different had, mix of those yeah, colors. Yeah, Danny had basically the same exact outfit as Jack at the end of the movie. He had the plaid shirt with the jacket over and the jeans and the boots. <laughs> like it's the same exact. Which makes outfit. you makes me wonder. Maybe maybe your theory is right. Where like it's like this cyclical thing with it's, this. It's family, all a this, cyclical thing. It's yeah. like he's turning right. into what Jack was, but he just ends up breaking it. But may oh maybe I don't know maybe he gets the I same mean, the same axe. Whole, he gets the same limp after right, getting stabbed yeah. in right. the leg. His whole, yeah. I think he he did want to go back to there, but like you said, he was. I mean, we see Danny get taken over by the hotel, and he kind of turns into like the the Jack version of himself, where he's trying to kill Abra with the axe. But he does; he is able to fight it back because he has the shine. So, doing that, he, you know, he. I think his whole intention was to go there and destroy the hotel, um, just so it can't, you know this evil can't escape anymore. So, and that's kind of what he did. And he went down with the hotel. I thought that was a nice scene where he kind of, you know, he turns into the kid version of himself and he's there. With his I mom. was hoping he would live, but I guess, you know, redemption arc, he lives you teach on a kid about the shine, blah, blah, blah. You become a, I noticed ghost. that Danny burns to death, but his father freezes to death. Ooh. Oh, wow. again, that? You know, just a note. Opposites. If you, if you puncture an artery, the main artery in your leg, you're not going to be running around the hotel. You're going to be dead in about a minute. You just said, yeah, he's fine. <laughs> but Rose jamming her thumb into his fucking artery in his leg. That was nasty. Right. What yeah. did you think about uh, the Dr. Sleep stuff with actually being Dr. Sleep where he's going up and down, you know, the hospice? It was nice. I thought, I thought, I yeah, thought it was nice that they found a purpose. Like, yeah. He cleaned himself up. He got into AA. Like he found a good way to use his shine to, like, actually Mm -hmm. help people and stuff like that. The cat is another magical being in the in in this universe where like some cats can tell when somebody's gonna die. Crazy. That's the thing, Mm -hmm. though. I think that happened in real life. Yeah, cats can smell like the 
micro they have micro something sense on you when you're gonna yeah some other some other sixth sense type of thing but yeah i like i like the doctor sleep concept i was wondering like going into it like what is doctor sleep and then when i got got to that part it was it was cool i don't know i wish doctor sleep had been a little more like it was rated r wasn't it i feel like it had to be i wish it would have been a little like harder of an r like i don't know like the bad guys like they were i don't know they were almost likable at a certain point i mean yeah they're going around murdering children and stuff but uh (laughs) i don't know they had a certain charisma to them they're charming they're suave you know they they're confident for sure a little bit cocky arrogant i don't know if i want their downfall more more it's their downfall ultimately more scariness more i don't know I think it was, it was, for me, it was the, I don't know if it needed to lean too much more into horror. I feel like these movies aren't necessarily, I wouldn't, I feel like I wouldn't classify them as Either of movies. them? Not even The Shining? I mean, you could argue, I feel like it's more of like a psychological thriller, both of these. Today, I would say The Shining is a thriller. Yeah. I don't Maybe so. the Maybe, first 20 years of my life, I probably would have called it a horror, but now that I know it, horror is i don't know if i can call that i mean the horror, horror genre has evolved die. a lot like yeah. it's the it's the tension in the, past in the first 40 one. years like the like I, I noticed this on my rewatch of the shining i've seen the shining before but like there is so much foreshadowing in the shining like that shit is oh, gonna yeah. go wrong that things oh, yeah. are gonna go horrible dr sleep is more of like an like eric said it earlier i think it was on discord or something like dr sleep is more of like an adventure story or like it's you know a psychological adventure, I don't know, but the sense of tension and foreboding, and I think it, it it's not. I don't know if the if the horror genre has evolved since this movie came out in eighty, but I would definitely put it in that category myself. The sound is eighties. I'm sorry, that's the sound is horror. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. it. It just shows like Danny, and he's just got his face just like shaking there, just with his mouth open, or like. Uh, that one scene where after he after Jack flips out on Wendy, she's like, all right, it's going to snow. And then she takes Danny outside. They're playing in the snowstorm. And he's just standing in the room, just staring at the window. And the violins are going crazy. And he's just staring like with his mouth open, just staring out the window, like completely f- fried. Those violins, like they fuck with your head. Like it's like when they stop, when they stop, it's like a relief to the viewer that like those violins stop because they're they're verging they're kind of making you feel a little fucking anxious and insane at the same time too well yeah that's what i that's what i imagine is going on in jack's head like he's just hearing these loud <laughs> viol- like he can't hear anything else but these uh. intense loud violins in his head and that's what's making him go insane the uh i guess speaking of tension a little bit here but um in the first movie when you look at the chef character, um, mm-hmm. Dick, mm-hmm. he Scatman Crothers, the the uh, actor, Dick, yeah, Dick, Haller- Dick Halloran. Halloran. All right, Dick Halloran. So he's then reintroduced, I guess, like halfway into The Shining. You know, it's like because he had The Shining too, and he's commun- communicating with Danny, and then he starts getting concerned. So then he starts. But you know, boogieing up <laughs> out to Colorado, <laughs> and so. there's this massive storm going on. 
But the guy goes, I don't know, a couple days, right? And he's just like five hours. Dude, here. I feel bad like, for Dave. Dude, he took a ride. All the way to get there. A plane. All that. Plane, riding a five, through a five-hour car ride, and then a snow cat all the way up to the hotel. And then he walks two feet into the hotel and gets an axe in the chest, <laughs> and then that's it. <laughs> I'm like, right. dude, you, 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 you did this trek did this trek across the entire country and he's in the hotel for five minutes before he, he didn't even help either murdered. he was just like no. walking in and going hello and then jack just yeah buries and it. you thought something you thought he was going to do something else and, the, and it's just nope right which i kind of like that like his the sudden oh the i sudden love that end of him because you think he's going to be like the hero of the movie and kind of yeah, he's gonna be able save. to rescue Wendy and yeah. Danny, and then it's a, it's nope. a pretty big, it's a pretty Jack big build up for Jack to give him the big fuck you. Yep, yep. Yeah, because at that point, I didn't know if like Wendy or Danny were gonna die at that point, because that this is the end of the movie, and this is where all everything's kind of coming together. Mm-hmm. Where in the second movie, a lot of people die, mostly kids, because it seems like well, kids are the ones that are shining the most. <laughs> Jack is running around with an axe, but I guess like that's that's the first person that he kills. So I guess that's I don't know. Is that when you know that he's like fucking? Is he just fully gone? Like because Jack's like he teeters for a little bit. I guess we're back into The Shining again. I don't know how <laughs> we wandered <laughs> back this way. He teeters for a little bit, but I think it's after he goes into two thirty seven. Like that's when, like that's the snapping point. And he's just he's just gone. Like the hotel's taken him after that. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep. One cool production note about The Shining, please, is some of the things like that they built. Um, like these were at the time, anyways, some of the largest sets that were ever built um, for a movie, and they okay. built like a large portion of the hedge maze, like on a sound stage. And they needed like an actual map to navigate their way through it. Dude, that's so cool. <laughs> that's I love awesome. those shots. It was really cool because, yeah, this was in the the Making the Shining uh, documentary that I watched. Um, but, yeah, they literally had like a paper map with the hedge maze drawn out on it. Um, and they were like navigating their way through it. It's really, really cool. When we revisit the maze, because uh, we're in Danny's head at that point in the second movie. I know that the movie visually has is kind of looking, is doing its own look. I get that, but when we do go back to the hotel, I was hoping that it because they were very close. A lot of the shots it looked pretty much one to one, but when we were in Danny's head in the maze, when we were doing those POV shots or tracking shots or when we were following along with um, Rose the Hat. It wasn't even close to being the, the Kubrick shot. And that really bothered me because it's so iconic. And I'm like, this is the time when you're yep. in Kubrick's kind of world. And here we are. And you're already doing Danny going to the bar was pretty much identical. Mm-hmm. So what the hell? Like, why didn't this? I I, th- I think that that bothered me a little bit. It took me out a little they bit. Probably. I mean, I, I, I didn't dig into the production of Dr. Sleep as much, but like if the I camera lens assume... they used was different or something. If I had to assume, they probably didn't build an entire set like they did for the original one. Probably used some CG to recreate a lot of the stuff, especially the maze part. Um, so I think that probably is a big reason why. Um, okay. Because, I mean, the the sets were handcrafted in The Shining. 
like they built everything from the ground up. Okay. Um, so I have to assume in Dr. Sleep, they, they probably took advantage, especially the exterior of the hotel in Dr. Sleep. I, that's gotta be CG. Probably. But in, in the, in the shining, the original one, they like built that entire like exterior of the hotel. Um, so it's pretty, insane. pretty well, the, insane. The real hotel is somewhere else too. Yeah, it's based off a real hotel, um, which has like a two thirty seven. I'm sorry, a two seventeen, because in the book, the 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 famous room is not two thirty seven; it's two seventeen. So oh, they didn't okay. want people to like think that was they didn't want to be creeped out. So I guess Stanley Kubrick Kubrick changed the number to two thirty seven. And when you are visiting, so when the cat does the first scene in, has its first scene in Doctor Sleep, and Danny's like, "Hey, cat, like, leave, like, get out of there! Don't go in there!" And he goes, and then you learn about the whole cat can tell this guy's gonna die and all that stuff, and he starts becoming Doctor Sleep at that scene. Uh, the room number is two seventeen. I noticed that. Oh. I thought it was going to be two thirty seven. You know, just as a callback to uh, The Shining, but. That's interesting about the the two seventeen fact. There's, you could talk about The Shining specifically forever. There's probably a podcast dedicated to probably that movie. Um, and then you know, Doctor Sleep. I think we both, well, both. I think the the three of us we all agree that it's a good sequel. It's not as great. Time will tell if it is or not. But I think out of the bat, good movie. I think they did a great job. You know. Uh, with casting and not ruining the story. I mean, it's also based off of King's other book. He had a book, so there, mm-hmm. there was a Which, source material to go off of. Uh, yeah. But overall, they didn't fuck it up. No, I liked that, like I said, I don't know the source material, but I like that it was different from The Shining and how they were able to flesh out the world a little bit more and how The Shine works and everything. I thought that I wouldn't like them going back to the Overlook just because that does feel kind of fan servicey like oh look we're back at the hotel you know look at all this stuff oh here's the axe oh here's where jack you know put his axe through the door in the original movie all that stuff but i feel like it worked there was a purpose that it served for the plot in dr sleep um so i I was okay with it in the end um i thought the climax of dr sleep was great and i thought it ended ended well so i was happy with it i was satisfied with it for sure and i think watching the shining and dr sleep back to back definitely that benefits, helps yes for sure you know because like you have all those details already in your mind from the shining so you're connecting everything back to all the references and dr sleep and all the recreations and everything so i think it works for sure does as a legacy remake yes it, it could have gone much worse um the fact that you got you mcgregor and the girl that played Abra was great. So, I mean, Rose the Hat was fantastic too. So, um, it's definitely a different tone and definitely a different kind of movie. But legacy sequels, I think it did a pretty good job. I did think of some legacy sequels too. I want. Are you ready? Oh, no, let's hear them. Oh, sure. Yeah, let them. Right. Now these are these are old ones that need to that have. I think they're just long forgotten. So, Arnold Schwarzenegger's The Running Man. Uh, which is a King story. Is it really? Yep. Oh, well, fantastic. Oh, wow. Futuristic, post-apocalyptic game show, people getting murdered, stuff like that. Number two, Big Trouble in Little China. 
I think they're already classic. already doing that, and I think The Rock Are is going to be in it. Oh, somebody. that's what I heard. Of course, The Rock is going right. to be in it. What yeah. I'm surprised they haven't brought back is Back to the Future. Like, because that franchise was pretty huge. Yeah. Do you and need I to see though? that? Do you no, need... you don't. Do you There's need to like bring nothing... back any of these? No. Do you need to bring back Ghostbusters? Did they need to bring back Matrix? No. Like, yeah, any of these ones. I could X-Men, see Back to the I would future. like to see, you know, get a refresh because more X-Men is always good for me. But the one I think I'd love to see, but I don't think they'll ever be able to capture the magic is Clue. Clue is such a <laughs> such a quirky, awesome movie, but like a I'm surprised. Sequel? A sequel Clue to Clue. Two. Clue two. The Return Electric... of Colonel Mustard. <laughs> <laughs> is Tim Curry still around? Yeah, but he's oh, his yeah. health is pretty bad. I think he's I don't know if he's in a wheelchair he's not acting. or something. I think he's having a hard time right now. Uh, I was just looking I don't up hear that. Well, I was it's funny because I was looking up like what's Jack Nicholson up to these days. I mean, he's he's 84 and apparently he had to quit acting back in 2018 because he's been having like memory issues. So, oh, yeah, he's very young. I'm not a huge fan of uh, Phil Collins, but I saw that he's pretty yeah. much done now, too. And it's just weird. Like these people have been around since you've been around, you know, they're. Mm-hmm. And now they're just, I don't know, it's a bummer. Yeah, it's its sad. Yeah, I'm Jack like, Nicholson was born in freaking 1937. Oh, like, shit. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> crazy. Well, anyways, he was fantastic in there. The acting in both uh, of these yeah. movies is good. There's no complaints there. It's uh, Let me let me bring up one more thing. I forgot to mention this. Another one from our social, uh, Level Zero pod. Um, I think we already covered this, but can't talk about The Shining without discussing the source material. Do you like the direction Kubrick took the story? Um, I think we already covered that. Do you think Dr. Sleep did a good job of retrofitting the original ending or did you yeah. feel it was shoehorned in Covered that as well? This was one he added another point, um, which I thought was good. Also at two and a half hours, which both of these movies were like right at the two and a half hour mark. Uh, it's a really long horror movie. Do you, did you think that, did you feel that it overstayed its welcome? I guess for either movie. I, I, the first one, no. I don't, it doesn't bother me at all because I think that's, it's important. It's, mm-hmm. they're stuck there for five months really with nothing to do. And I think it the movie needed to be long so you can kind of get a sense of what they're going through. Like the mundane day-to-day things yeah, going crazy. You gotta show the breakdown over time too where he's playing yeah. it up normal in the beginning. You go, like she weird, <laughs> I forget what Wendy like weirdly just tells like the psychiatrist like yeah my husband abuses my child sometimes while she's like ripping cigarettes in front of her kid and I'm listen like, it was an accident what the fuck like shit goes crazy so no i think it was um justified in being two and a half hours long like i don't think that i think it needed time to breathe you know yeah yeah just to build up that tension and like brandon was saying to give you that sense of isolation and Kind of what they were going through. The breakdown, um, yeah. Seeing Jack slowly crack and crack and crack, and then he's just fucking full blown crazy, running around the hotel with an axe, ready to murder his family. Like that's a that's quite the fall from grace. I don't think that Doctor Sleep needed to be two and a half hours. We heard today that the director's cut is three hours long, so I don't know what else yeah. they're adding in there. Yeah, that is insane. Um, I, w- I wouldn't mind watching the three hour cut, but I just want to see what else where it is. More they at yeah add, yeah. Because, yeah, exactly. I mean, there's some scenes where they're, like, riding around in cars or they're traveling and 
like do you need all this stuff or i felt really bad for uh danny's buddy that you know brings him into aa and gives him the oh yeah billy gives him the job we didn't even talk about billy no and that guy he was on fear the walking dead and that's kind of where i got my first intro to him but yeah i love that guy like he was like his man braids were a little weird to take in but uh i thought that he was a you know i felt really bad when the one vampire girl makes him shoot himself in the i face know like that poor billy like, or billy he was just you know he's just the fucking nicest guy he's seen people down on their luck and he wants to just help them out so fucking pour one out yeah. for billy yeah as far as uh dr sleep being tuned i thought the two and a half hour length was good. I thought it moved at a good pace. Like there was a lot happening in Dr. Sleep as opposed to the shining. Like we said, the shining is much slower build up to the climax and conclusion, but Dr. Sleep, like there's stuff happening, you know, to keep you kind of going. And it definitely keep kept me going. And it was, you know, had me on the edge of my seat. Like I wanted to know what happened next. I think I like the whole, you got like, Really take a road trip to go get a baseball mitt and dig up a dead kid, which was fucking. Nasty. I would cut that out. Like, I would have cut out the, like the doctor whole stuff, knowing where the watch was. Cut that out. You know. I oh even, yeah, the AA, the AA yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. know. That's, so they could just could reuse cut, that, but didn't bother. So they me. could reuse that office scene. So they could have mm-hmm. a shining and Doctor yep. Sleep like the red book interview scene in the corner yep. of yep. the shot, and yeah, sure. Yeah. Both, I mean, they're good. It's a pair, so yeah. I think. I mean, and it, should, the shining, and it ends the there. Shining like, is the should, like. Don't make another one. I don't think we need no, to see. We're and good. I, and no, I would entertain maybe a TV series. Maybe is it just going to be Abra? Shining, running yeah. around, shining on people, you know. But not another movie. Or maybe she gets she gets older. The TV series, I feel like, should be. I don't know if it would follow the main characters or if like they would kind of make cameos, but. I feel like it would more be kind of how Dr. Sleep was in the beginning as we kind of see other kids or other people that have the shine and their stories. And each episode is kind of a different story of, you know, well, you said that the ghosts went out right after the hotel. So what about the twin girls? I know that they were still at the hotel at the end when it burned down, but they could still leave. Right. They They could could do a prequel to The Shining and (laughs) do it with Grady and his family. And as a TV, that, that would just. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, that would just shot. be kind of. A, I think there's room to explore, though. But I just I don't think like there's I don't know. There's if, more no, in this universe. We just don't yeah, need more sure. of this family. Let's just do Dark yeah. Tower again. Come on, <laughs> straight from the books. No fucking around. Just mm-hmm. I think movie. I think TV show for that though. Uh, Blade Runner and Blade Runner twenty forty nine were like the you know. I feel like this is like the same thing for me, The Shining and Dr. Sleep, like original cult movie, a classic remake. Very good. Very, very good. Not remake, a, a direct sequel years and years later. 30 something years later. Yeah. Crazy. Um, but I think it did it justice. It did its own thing while also paying homage to the original. And that's what you need to do yeah. in these legacy sequels. Mm-hmm. What Star Wars didn't do. Pretty much, yeah. Can't argue there. <laughs> Don't talk shit about the Force Awakens. I I love Star Wars movies. I'm just saying, but like you know, it did. You don't see people bitching about Doctor Sleep. That's true. Blade Runner. True. Forty nine. But all right. Well, I think that's it for us right now. So let's that's plenty. Let's end it here, and then 
when we come back to play a game. What kind of game? Do you want to play a game? I'm not going to tell you. Hey. Hey. back and it is game time I'm busting out Metacritic Mayhem Stephen King edition the revival nice yeah I haven't played this one in a while I I mean how could I not do this just because Stephen King has just written so much content Um, you know with all of his books he's still doing it so I thought this a lot of a a lot of the adaptions of his work are very mixed reviewed, so I'm kind of curious to see how this is going to roll out. Ex- well, exactly. He's kind of perfect this for this. This will be good. So. Okay, gentlemen. Do we have to... Are we uh, going back and forth, and then we're guessing numbers for movies? Is that how we play? It's been a while. Sorry. Um, I just want to go first to three. It was a long episode, so I just want to go first to get Whoever's three the closest. Whoever's closest to the Metacritic number... Gets the point. You guys are going to take turns. Guessing the number. To yes, kick us okay. off. Yes. You're going to guess the number based on the movie that I tell you. So, but to start it off, we'll go with, well, what's in my head? First one to get that, the closest to that goes first. I'm using my shine. It's a three. <laughs> no, it's not. It's a six. It's a four. Oh, oh that was close. You got it. That was close. All right. So, Eric, you're starting off. Let's do it. I went to Metacritic, uh, Metacritic, uh, and I will start off with the first movie that he did, Carrie. Ooh. Carrie, ooh. Ooh. Okay. I've seen this movie one time a long time ago. Um, hmm. If I had to guess the Metacritic's score... <laughs> On Carrie, I would guess a 79. Mm. All right, Dave. It's one of the early ones, too. Don't do The Shining, because I think I saw The Shining. I'm going to say, would you say 79? I did say 79. I'm going to go 75. I think it's lower than a 79. So you said 75. Eric, you said 79. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. It is eighty-five. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. What so year yeah, did that come out? Oh man, that was in the seventies. I think nineteen seventy-four or six. Yeah, seventy-four. Okay. Huh. All right. So this I don't question think one. I've seen that one. All right. Here we go. Next question. <laughs> Next movie. The Running Man. Oh. Mm. This one's mm-hmm. on me, huh? The Running Man. I think like that's a. I mean, that's classic '80s right there. And I think it aged well. Uh, I'm gonna go with a. I'm gonna go with an '83. Mm. 
interesting. Um, I'm just going to go. I'm going to go with just a solid 80. I think it might be a little lower. All right. Well, uh, it's a 45. Whoa. Oh, <laughs> wow. So, really? go, Holy that shit. does not deserve that. Come on. Wow. I wasn't <laughs> expecting that low. I've never seen the movie, like, but it, I've heard it good is things. Pretty, it's pretty 80s action movie cheesy, but... I mean, it's an it's 80s got, Arnold action movie. Yeah, it does not deserve a 45. Right, Damn. That's two for Eric. Ready? Stand by me. Stand by me. Okay. I'm thinking this one might be a little bit higher than a 40 fucking five. Uh, I'm going to go with an... 85. Hmm. I think that one aged considerably better than some of these other ones. Uh, I'm going to take the upper half of this. I'm going to go with an 86. It is an 86. Oh, ah, right on. Nice. Good job. Oh, I get double extra mega points. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, is a, that is a classic, like that, though. Uh, nice one, Dave. Okay. Next movie. Misery. Ooh, man. Misery. I haven't seen that one in ages. If I lose this, I'm the biggest loser ever. Oh, misery. Um, I am going to guess. I'm going to, I'm going to say that's middling in its review scores. I'm going to give it an 83. Again, same thing, I guess, for The Running Man. Sure. 83, eh? Um, I think it's higher. I mean, you got James Caan. You got Kathy, Kathy Bates. Kathy Bates got an Oscar uh-huh. for her performance in this movie, I believe. Really? I think... I think it is higher. I think, than... I think this movie and God, I feel like I just learned this, but this movie and Silence of the Lambs, her and Jodie Foster got Oscars or something like that for the performances in horror films. Hmm. You said eighty three, Dave. Yeah, now you have me second guessing myself though. I'm gonna go with an eighty eight. Eighty three and eighty eight. It has a. 75. I thought I thought Misery was like considered one of Stephen King's best movie adaptations. Alright. Two to two. For all the marbles. Yep. <laughs> uh I'll let you guys pick. You guys want to do Shawshank Redemption? Langoliers. Green. Green. <laughs> Langoliers. Green Mile. <laughs> Langoliers probably has like a 20. That was a made-for-TV, wasn't it? With Belky Bartokomus. Yeah. Uh, Shawshank Redemption. Uh, oof, oof. Green Mile. Or The Lawnmower Man. <laughs> I love Which one you guys Green Mile. Do? You guys, do you guys care? I don't care. I'm partial Not to Lawn Green Mile. Not Lawnmower Man. But... Green Mile. That's a good pick. We'll do that. All right. Uh, who who starts? Eric's, this one up? Eric's you, up Eric, first, right? Yeah. All right. All right Green, Green Mile. Mile. This one. This is a good one. 
this is one of my probably up there for one of my favorites. I haven't seen this in ages. I don't know if I mean Tom Hanks. Anything with Tom Hanks, you know I'm there. Mm. You know I'm there for it. Um who I don't want to go too high, but just because I regard this movie very highly. Um I've been staying in the eighties, so I don't want to go too far into the nineties or anything. So I'm going to, I'm going to say an 81 just because I want to just lower it a little bit. I don't, I don't know if it's quite as high as I think it might be. Hmm. I feel like I'm just adjusting because it's so high in my mind. I don't want to overshoot it. I thought it was, I I think a couple people won awards for this. I want to say, I'm going to go higher than that, but I'm not going to be a schmooze and do just one higher. I'll go 85. <laughs> All right. So Dave, you're saying 85. Eric, what did you go with? I said 81. Now I think that's too low, but we'll see. So this is a 61. Whoa. Are you fucking kidding me? I wow. I was shocked when I saw it. I know. Huh. Holy shit. I, oh, I'm... Call color me surprised. <laughs> so, the, so there you go. Um, color you the winner. Yeah, that was close. Uh, and Eric's been on a dry spell, so good for you, Eric. To, yes, to get, I'm glad to, I to win glad I got the win. So let me just close out by just going running through these, just so these numbers kind of resonate. I got Shawshank's got to be in the nineties. So, I got to do a review <clears throat> on Green Mile to get it bump it up. <laughs> the Shining sixty six, which Are is you, super what? low. I don't understand yeah. that. What is Doctor, wrong with Metacritic? Doctor Sleep got a fifty nine. Stand by Me was an 86. The Running Man was 45. Shawshank Redemption, 81. Whoa. I believe that's the best one that he has here um, based off of his books. The the Dead Zone, 65. Carrie, 85. There you go, 85 for Carrie. Christine, 57. Maximum Overdrive. That's got to be a 10. Yeah, he wrote, and I also think he did the screenplay, I believe, because he did the screenplay for Shining, and I guess rumor has it or whatever. Kubrick didn't even look at it. So right off the bat, those guys are kind of clashing. But um, what was maximum? Maximum overdrive? overdrive was a twenty-four. <laughs> Have you guys seen that movie? No. Yeah, it's so yeah. Fucking it's like cars, stupid. trucks come alive, or machines come alive. It's so fucking dumb. Yeah, it was really bad. Uh, Milia Estevez, I think, was in that one. Uh, the Lawnmower Man, forty-two. Uh-huh. Pet Cemetery, fifty-seven. Cujo, fifty-seven. Wow. Misery, seventy-five. The Green Mile, sixty-one. And the Dark Tower. A 34. I know there's a bunch more I could put on here. But... The Green Mile to oh, me is things. outrageous. But... Stand By Me, 86. Stand by Carrie, me 85. Yeah. Shawshank Redemption, 81. So and Shawshank being 81. I mean, Shawshank is in any top 10 movies list of all yeah, time. Yeah, you think it would be in the 90s. I would think that would be uh, 90s. Easy. wonder what's hmm. up with that. I'd love to talk That's about crazy. Uh, a couple of these movies someday, but... Yeah, so there you go. So that was fun. That was some king loving for everybody there. Is there anything you guys want to say before we get out of here? Uh, up up next on the schedule, we have uh, Dread. Not Judge Dread, the Stallone movie, but Dread, Double, double D Dread. <laughs> double Carl D. Urban. Carl. Carl. Who else um, is in uh, The Boys? Yeah, Absolutely. And if you've listened this far, uh, do us all a favor and uh, tell a friend. 
Yep. Tell a friend about the nomads. All nomads travel in packs. We got to stick together. So the more the merrier. Leave a review on your favorite podcast service and follow us on all the social medias at Nomads of Fantasy on Twitter and Instagram. I don't know why I got a little twang there. Um, At the Nomads of Fantasy on TikTok if you're, you know, hip with with the TikTok crowd. And you can email us nomadsfantasy at gmail.com with all your fun stuff. So that's all I got. Hey, hey. Okay. Well, let's get out of here. As always, safe travels, nomads. Give me the bat. Ah, oh, God damn it!